welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Let's discuss Grand Lee Buffalo. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. There's a Instead of even telling you anything about the band, mm-hmm. let me tell you experience of how I got into the band and see if your reaction is the same as mine. Okay. I used to travel a lot. I think I was in possibly Upper State, New Jersey. Okay. And this is about 1994, 95. And I go into a record store as I want to do. Mm-hmm. They were playing some music and then they put this song on. Devastation at last. Finally we meet After all of these years Out here in the street I had a feeling you would Make yourself known You came along just to claim Your place in the throne Now I've been overthrown Overthrown And I thought If I do The right lines With these mocking words Won't let me shine Devastation My door was left open wide Now I'm overwhelmed 
Buffalo. Okay. I'm in the record store. That song comes on. I stop looking and start wandering towards the counter. Who mm. is this? And I'm sitting there going, how do I not know who this is? And I'm also just captivated by it. I've had that happen before with songs. There's like a, a couch kind of in the corner of this old record store. And I go and I sit down and just listen. Mm-hmm. When the song goes off, I said, who is that? And he said, Grant Lee Buffalo. And I said, can you play it again? He puts the song back. It was on CD. Right. And we listen to it again. And then he just let it play, and I just sat there and listened to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't listen to the whole album because I didn't have time. But I think I listened to like two more songs, and I'm like, I, I have to have this. Yeah. You know, so I bought the album, and the album is called Mighty Joe Moon, and that's my vinyl copy. Grantley Buffalo was a three-man band, and they came up in the post-grunge era, but before we realized that the good music was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there were still these these kinds of bands that gave me hope. And so, um, three-man band from California. The lead main member is Grant Lee Phillips. And Grant is an incredible songwriter, a great singer. And their whole vibe was that they were kind of doing like Americana, but almost like well-worn lived in Americana. Right. Pump organ sounds. The guitar is almost always predominantly 12 string, often distorted. Yeah. Really clever drumming instrumentation. Mm. The production to me is top notch. And the production was done by a guy named Paul Kimball, who was mm. the bass player. Okay. And I kind of identified with Paul Kimball as the bass player because, you know, it's Grant's band, it's Grant's songs. But Paul is really like his partner, his his concierge almost, you know, yeah, right. and producer. And they kind of had that relationship for a while. The drummer, Joey Peters, the thing I like about him is, again, this is one of the few guys who plays to the song very much. There's this term called alt-country, and it really is just like anything you can't quite put your hands on that has some acoustic guitar, maybe a tiny bit of country, Throw that against the wall, whatever that is, that's all country. Right, yeah, well, yeah, alt country is um, is country-ish, you know. It, yeah. It, it's basically alternative music, maybe with somebody playing a dobro. Right, right. You know, or well, something see, like that. Technically, a lot of people call Grant Lee Buffalo alt country. Cracker was kind of that way, too. It Basically, they were just alternative. After Alternative was established as a label. Right. And, you know, that could work against you once it's a I thing. I always hated that label because they gave that label to too many bands. Well, the thing the thing about it to me was like, is R.E.M., is U2 Alternative? Now, at one point, yeah. Right. But you're not the Alternative when you have the biggest selling album in the world. Right, you're no longer Alternative. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think that is part of the reason a lot of people don't know some of these bands is because it's really hard to label what they are. Right. They had sort of a more organic, real sound that was definitely based in American music. Right. Which obviously is going to have ties to, you know, country music. Mm -hmm. But it's also folk. There's a little bit of psychedelicness to it. I would say the difference between Grantley Buffalo and Grantley Phillips as a solo artist is that Grantley Buffalo is more of a rock band, heavier, but also just darker. Right. A little melancholy. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole album, Marty Joe Moon, it's soft, it's mellow, it's heavy, it's dark, it's weird. But to me, it's almost sort of like elements of the White Album in it. Right. And not so much where they're trying to sound Beatle-ish. In fact, probably the only thing that sounds Beatle-ish to me is those, that right. cello and that, you know, when he does the falsetto parts, kind of Beatle-ish. Right. It's almost like finding an antique that's really cool, it's from a different era. Right. But you may not know everything about it. Right. And that's kind of the way I view the band. I don't I'm a big fan of Grantley Phillips, Grantley Buffalo, but I don't know everything about them and I kind of like the idea. They're they're much more unassuming and just more real. 
when I bought that album at the record store, the guy said, yeah, I only have a couple of these in. Well, I want them both. (laughs) (laughs) I gave one to my friend Michael. This is the title track, Mighty Joe Moon. what mighty joe moon is about i like this sort of surreal feel to it without me knowing too much more than what's my imagination my uncle does uh tours of the cumberland gap is is really an expert i'll have to play him that song sometime this song is called last days of tecumseh Neil Young aspect, I, th- I think right. you can't underplay it. To me, it reminds me of "On the Beach," uh, some of those songs. shows you more of the heavier side of the band. 
This one's called Demon Called Deception. I'm in with a demon called Deception. It's alright, he's a treating me quite well. I'm in with a demon called Deception. He's alright beside me when I fail to whisper words like brother nothing here is any good see the birds they're dropping like a star have these sort of rickety piano sounds almost like a saloon in the old west i love that kind of thing i love um like you said where it gets heavy but that's not heavy as people would define like a heavy metal right but when it gets heavy it gets noisy the bands that have that kind of controlled noise i love that stuff you know he's getting most of that just from a 12 string Mm -hmm. distorting a 12 string you're going to get an ungodly noise Where I went from with Mighty Joe Moon, which is their second album, was back to their first album, which is called Fuzzy. Fuzzy was declared by Michael Stipe in 1993 the best album of the year, hands down. Wow. You know, they got lots of accolades. I'll uh, play you the the title track from Fuzzy. Bring me home to this house of midday. Just lay me on the floor Hard and cool asleep You know I love it more and more Than before I ran away It triggers off so many hurts Does it dear? 
this album really is kind of like a movie to me. It's like this epic sound, and it's the spaces that they leave that right. I like the most, I think. And so I don't want to fill in those spaces. Saw Grantley Phillips, and me and Kelly and my friend Michael went and saw him at the cradle. But I'm right up to the stage, and he turns around to his band, and he goes, we need to play something in E. And I yelled out, the hook! And he turns around, and he goes, that's perfect, or something. <laughs> right. And then afterwards, Kelly was like, wow, that was really cool. You just knew. I'm like, no, I, I, I had no idea. I have no idea what key that is. <laughs> She's like, why did you yell it? I said, because I figured, what's the worst that would happen? He'd turn around and say, no, idiot. Right, and then yeah. he would play it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he played the song, and this is from the first first album and again another classic the hook this one thing tell you friend i don't believe in superman fly through the clouds above the red I don't believe in the best And I never wanted to fight with you Just the last thing that I wanted to do really do need the whole album to get it. Right. That doesn't mean I can't play individual songs, which I have, that are great. This is a band that you need to sit with for a while. Right. It gets better with repeated listening. The best way to enjoy it is attentive listening. In the early 90s, we lost that ability. Yeah. We lost track of albums. Yeah, that's when that's when the album, the actual, an entire album stopped being like one cohesive unit. The other interesting thing about that first album mm -hmm. is how how it indicated something about the band that's not so obvious mm -hmm. and that is an influence by glam rock and i don't mean glam metal right i mean real glam rock like from the 70s the bowie yeah t-rex mot the hoople mm. you know all that but i i couldn't help notice when i heard this album that the opening of this song is familiar this one's called jupiter and teardrop just a girl who can't say no And a sweetheart on the road Parents named Jupiter Blessed with a lucky soul He's a boy who never cries When they lock him up inside And she nicknamed him her teardrop For the tattoo by his eye Now she's sleeping in her Jupiter and 
that's uh, David Bowie. Yeah, that is Bowie. Moon Age Daydream. I'm an alligator. Yeah. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama papa coming for you. The third album is called Copperopolis. Mm-hmm. You need to sit with Copperopolis a little more in the first two, and part of it, I think, is because of the length. Okay. Because we had gone to CDs. Mm-hmm. And also, unlike the first two albums, there's no definition between side one and side two. Okay. So when I listen to the album, I kind of like to have that bookend or that space between side one and side two. Right. Yeah, that disappeared with CDs. Yes. And it's so important. It allows you time to soak in the first four or five songs. Right. And so I would have preferred that. When you get to the middle of an album that has a bunch of songs, you Mm kind of lose where you're at. You forget what's the name of this song, you know, Mm -hmm. um, all that. And so I I think that a long CD, you don't get through to the end of it as much as you work to get through to the end of it. Right. You know, because, you know, we used to talk about some albums, I think, uh, like Van Halen Diver Down is like 23 minutes or something. (laughs) And just because CDs can hold 70 minutes or 80 minutes of music doesn't necessarily mean every album. I mean, that's a double album. That is a double album, yeah. And so, you know, you you would get albums by groups and it really could have been a single album and would have been perfect. This album is still great. Copperopolis is good and it would be good as a double album. But I would really like those markers in there. Right, yeah. You know, and especially the thing I loved about having those markers was the sequencing of the album was so important Mm -hmm. because all right you have you know two sides maybe four sides and you have to really think about okay this is going to be the first one this is going to be the last one Mm -hmm. and then what's going to start side two and that's where i think that copperopolis suffers a bit because there's no like okay here's the ending to side one and then this song is almost like a new chapter Right, well, it, it, it forced a certain kind of pacing and placement yes. uh, of songs. Yes. This is the Untitled Podcast. But Copperopolis is great. It's um, the same core band produced by Paul Kimball, I believe, and the difference with the sound is it's more subtle. It's almost like um, Cocteau Twins, but yeah. using more organic sounds. Uh, it's very lush, and I'll play a track here called The Bridge. other thing about his lyrics is he'll have some of that southern gothic americana you know whatever but a little bit of surrealism mixed in as well here's the one here's the one here's the one mistake cannot be made there is a line that is stepped over once, no once let it be said. Now of the hubris clenching our fist while punch your way out of here. You know what I told and I tell, but you won't let it pass into your ears. Even the oxen ramming the heads and woodwell come to know. But a rusted barrier and hell Before the radio 
like a lot of folks gave up a cut out except for the truth you like the oxen ram on the hills and wood rails came to be dizzy before the barrier Here's another one of my favorites from Copperopolis. It's called Arousing Thunder. song on this album this is the song to me that is the centerpiece of the album and, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Bethlehem Steel at one point like the second biggest producer of steel in the world this right. huge behemoth um, have you ever seen pictures of the old factory yeah I mean I, I've, I've actually driven I'm through there yeah. yeah it's almost like now a monument to right the old American dream you know sort of it's I don't know how you describe that it's yeah, it's a monument to a different time well it's definitely you know an end of an era uh, about that time is when it was over right about the time of, the, of when he wrote this song put out this album which is about 95 or something and he's writing it from the perspective of here is this loss of something you know that was there for the middle class and now it's this giant hulking thing yeah i think it's really cool i would actually i would love to do like some urban exploration and go check mm-hmm. it out it is kind of like a symbol of american decay uh, it, it to me it was sort of like the end of that post-World War II era of manufacturing and growth and possibility. He touches on all that a little bit in the song, but again, he doesn't beat you over the head with it. It's very subtle. So it's telling a story, but it's not being overtly political. But what's really cool about this song is they use, sounds like a, a drum machine, which does not fit with this band typically. And I think it's the only song on the catalog that has one. Okay. And it's got this very slow, deliberate, almost like Motown or Stax groove very simple very simple lyrics and then it just builds and it slowly builds and builds mother's father walker in world war two not the main but reading the trail ninnies up Booming days, days of and steel. Look at the steepest on the knees. 
song builds and builds. It has, you know, really nice strings through it. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels a little bit like Papa was a Rolling Stone. Okay. The slow build, the strings, the simplicity of it. My personal experience that connected me to this song was in the same time period, been traveling a lot a year or so later after I found Mighty Joe Moon in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I believe, mm-hmm. and had to drive to New York. So I opted to drive late at night and I had this album on CD. So I'm playing it. There's a part of the song where it has this kind of crescendo, this uh, the release of the build of right. the song. And when the song comes in full, I'm driving at two in the morning, one in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And I literally see a sign for Bethlehem Steel. That's all. Like when the song breaks. The other thing that's really cool that I really started to notice, even though it had been throughout his whole career, is that falsetto. He has a really high, right, beautiful yeah. falsetto. Have you ever heard this movie called Velvet Goldmine? Mm-mm. It's pretty cool. It's not a great movie, but most rock and roll movies aren't great. Yeah, it's rare. (laughs) Yeah. So Velvet Goldmine is a movie about Mm -hmm. the glam rock era. There's a a character, his name's Brian Slade, who is based on Bowie. Mm -hmm. And then he has uh, a lover who is based on Iggy Pop, sort of. Okay. And it's all fantasy. Bowie wouldn't let them use any of his music because he was like, I want to make my own movie from that era. But the soundtrack is so great. It's produced by Paul Kimball from Grant Lee and Paul was starting to come into his own as a producer and that started creating conflicts within the band Mm -hmm. there were some songs on the soundtrack that were from that era there were some covers of songs and then there were some original songs that were supposed to sound like that era Grant Lee Buffalo contributed this song called The Whole Shebang Darling you can't live your life singing songs in exile Stolen's crown Enough with self-denial So don't you close The door on fate When she comes To call And tell her that You join her there At the masquerade Is born Funny how Some people Never loved at all. We'll take the whole shebang, all or nothing, anything. Ecstasy's the birthright of our gang. We'll take the whole shebang, free your hearts of guilt and shame, and come and claim what's yours. The whole shebang. Yeah, so you can you can hear there. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge Bowie type sound. What was really cool about it was there were two bands kind of assembled for this. Mm-hmm. There was like the English band and the American band. Now the American band was more like the Stooges. Okay. And they were called the Wild Rats, I think, in the movie. And so that band was comprised of like Thurston Moore mm-hmm. from Sonic Youth, right? And Ron Ashton from the original uh, Stooges. Mm-hmm. And the English version was called Venus and Furs, and they had Tom York and Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, and Andy McKay from Roxy Music, and and so it was pretty cool because there was sort of like the Brian Slade band, which was the more um, English-sounding groups in that group that was put together. 
And then there was the uh, the Iggy character, and I can't remember his name. Right. And his band was the more heavy, the you know Thurston Moore, you know, mm. and Steve Shelley from Sonic Youth in it. Right. And so that was kind of fun, and I, I bet it was a blast for the guys doing it. But apparently, it wasn't a blast for Grantley Buffalo's band. Phillips fired Paul Kimball. Okay. On the strength of their previous catalog, Grantley Buffalo gets a major label contract. They don't have Paul Kimball anymore, so he brings in a second guitar player and then a replacement bass player. And they kind of amp the wattage up a little bit. Mm -hmm. They get more of vibrant, I would call it, more modern production, more heavy production. Right. I really like this album, too. I think you'll like this a lot because the bass becomes more prominent, but also just the sound of it is killer. I'm a sucker for good bass sound. This is the first song. It's called APB. Nice lyrics on this one. I really like it. It's called Seconds. song is called change your tune mm-hmm. i don't know this but i'm pretty sure this is directed at the band member he just fired they didn't really go and like trash at each other right like even this song he's not really trashing him he, he's just being a little passive aggressive yeah yeah but i mean if you compare this to say how do you sleep by john lennon well that wasn't passive aggressive <laughs> that, was, that was active aggressive <laughs> What's what's another great song like that? Um, you Don't Move Me by Keith Richards off his first solo album about Mick. Oh, wow. Have you heard that? I haven't, no. There's a great line in it where he says, um, You thought you'd roll the dice? Well, you already crapped out twice. And he's talking about his two solo albums. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Mick's solo albums don't have a, a good track record, especially his first two. Yeah, I, I hadn't even forgotten that he put out oh. some solo stuff. There is one called Wandering Spirit that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, not good stuff. Um, and so this was sort of in that classic vein of telling somebody to fuck off through song. Yeah. But he really doesn't go in hard on him. I mean, it, it could be about anybody. Well, it may be hard to swallow It may come as some surprise I ain't asking for apologies I 
song is called Testimony. major label had the patience of a gnat you right. know they, this is not a band that you just put a record out and they become the biggest thing in the world this is a legacy band this is a legacy artist he builds oh, yeah, on what yeah, he and has and the record company has to be willing to work with them there was a brief period where it was almost like anything could happen there was all this possibility i i take it back to britney spears to me that was when we went back to bullshit. You think about right before grunge took off, it was boy bands. Yeah. And, and boy bands and pop music and all that yeah. stuff. And then grunge came and pretty much became the thing for a while. And right. then it went back to boy bands and pop music. Apparently the tour was really cool. They did a lot of cool things. And the album's called Jubilee. Good album. Solid album. But really the last time he rocked out. Because then he goes solo. He does the, um, the Robin Hitchcock tours. He's a reoccurring character as the town troubadour on this uh, show called The Gilmore Girls. Okay. And oddly enough, uh, Sebastian Bach is also a reoccurring <laughs> character. I don't uh, know if the two of them interact on the show, but that would be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I think they should make Grantley Phillips and Sebastian Bach have to write a song together. I think that alone would be worth watching. They're both cool musicians who I think would be open to something like that. The guy's really interesting to me also because, you know, this is a guy who's, he's been with his same wife now since, you know, the early 90s. I think they might have even been together in college. Right. He's, he's got a stability as a man, as an artist, as, you know, a husband, a father. He's out there and he deserves to be heard. The tour uh, that Kelly and Michael and I saw him at the Cat's Cradle was for this album called Virginia Creeper. Okay. Has a song called Mona Lisa, which is is worthy of the name. It, you know, it's a classic. There's a song called uh, Josephine of the Swamps. Well, I slew eyes all serpentine full of black delta peat, yellow brown. Scrapes muscadine growing wild and sweet. And I feel like what a crow. Highly 
We do a lot of big name artists that most people know. We should do more of this. I think so too. And I have certain albums that are among my very favorites that are really personally unique to me. Right. I had kind of placed Mighty Joe Moon in with this category of albums, which was like Love Forever Changes, uh, The Zombies, Odyssey, and Oracle. Right. You know, Big Star Third. Certain albums that I consider just stone cold classics. They really deserve that kind of listen and they really stand up to it. Starting with Mighty Joe Moon, that was my introduction to this artist. Still one of my very favorite albums and we will definitely get out to see him and I support him any way I can because he's a living embodiment to me of the American artist doing what he does without compromise and without a bunch of fuss or without a bunch of drama. It's just what he does. He's a working man. on March 18, 2016 on Yep Rock Records. We've only just begun Produced by Donnie Shattuck.